Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry, feathered, or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. What's up, legends? Welcome to episode 126 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Andert, and I'm joined by a man who this week has been leading the charge, petitioning for change on Talkback Radio, on 3AW, and in the newspaper in the age here in Melbourne to allow vets to groom themselves during the stage four lockdown. No, 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 not to allow vets to groom animals, but to allow them to groom themselves. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Very good, mate. That's very on topic this week. That's, that's on brand. Excellent. Well, you know, and and I actually, yes. Have you been looking at the the, the postage I've been getting? I did actually buy myself a new shaver as a as a uh, Father's Day present. So you obviously been looking through my window, mate. See me doing a bit of manscaping. Well, it, it's it's the um, it's not the first time I've seen you in the uh, through the window doing manscaping, Lewis. But you know, it's the first time I've seen you not wince because of uh, blunt uh, blunt instruments. So, well, but now, now I, I I too bought the clippers. So right, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, did, uh, did 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 I talk about when I was giving Ruben the haircut the the other week? No, when yeah, you, so, oh, yeah, when you put the um, put the saucepan on his head and just trimmed around, is that uh, the one? No, no, so so I was um, so Ruben's hair was growing right out, right, and so I thought um, I want to give him the Braden Maynard haircut, so a Collingwood halfback flanker, yeah, you know, where he's got sort of shaved on the sides, but sort of like a like a, a thicker mohawk number running all the way down the back, down to a point down at the back. Did um, did you um? Sorry, don't interrupt. Did you have to knock out a tooth at the same time when you when you did that, just for well, the full I, look? Oh, I didn't have to because he'd gone and had a few teeth out anyway. So, so, so we've already got the dentition there ready to go, and he's got some silver work in there too. So, so, so dental wise, we're already sorted. Yeah, so now yeah. we just needed the haircut to go with it, and yeah, you because know, he's always drawing on his arms with textures just to give the, uh, you know, the, the full, the of full Collingwood sleeve uh, appeal and look. Um, so anyway, so, so I've got this uh, the the shavers of using the comes with all these different color-coded um, numbered uh, clipper blades. So I'm using the big ones first just to make sure I get my hand in, you know, like yep, I don't want yep. to go too short too quickly. And it's looking pretty good. Like I've got a bit of style going wow. on. It's coming down to a point. It's even as well. This is pretty good. So that right now I'm just going to go the uh, about a number seven on the top. So I grab the purple clippers oh. and clip that on, right? And I go, right, now I'm going to go the number oh. seven. Oh. Zit, right? Oh. And I've looked and gone, Oh, that's a lot shorter than what I thought it was going to be. Oh, oh, no. Turns out there's two, there's two purple clippers in there, Lewis. One's a number seven and one's a number two. Oh, dear. So, unfortunately, he then had a runway running right up the middle oh. of number two. He can so pull got, it off. He'll be well, right. That's the, that's the end of that. So, number two on top. So, there goes the Braden Maynard. Now, it's just the, uh, now it's just the, the, the American military haircut. It's more of a Bruce Dool than a Braden Maynard now. Well, I was I was thinking I could I could have given him the you know the little saucer at the front and you know the the ball patch at the back that I'm getting too. You go here, you go, mate. This is a you know a, 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 a look into the future for you, Ruben. You know? <laughs> now you look like daddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, thanks for looking in the window, mate. But I've I've managed to get a perfect heart shape now, so that's uh, that's good uh, with the manscaping. Oh, well you know, and the new gear. Yeah, no, it really looks good. 
Oh, that's good. That's good. And did you, um, you know, have you used some sort of like a, a balm down there or something like that to try and you know soothe any uh, any sort of rashing or anything like that, Lewis? Or is your your skin hardy enough that you're able to get through dermatitis free? What do you mean down there, mate? I'm I'm just talking about on my on my chin. Oh, that's what I'm talking there. about too. I'm talking oh. about down around your around your around your your, your chin area. Yeah, because oh. I know it gets a bit a bit fine and wrinkly around yeah. there. So yeah, yeah, a nice a nice beard balm. Yes. A beard balm, right? Yeah. A, Lovely, lovely. And is it scented? Is it a scented beard balm, Lewis? Yeah, me, uh, old Spice. Old Spice. Oh, yeah, old Spice. Nice. Yeah, no, no, classic. Yeah, classic, definitely classic. classic. What yeah. was the other one with the ship on it? Uh, was that Old Spice? Yeah, that was Old Spice. Yeah, that's the dude. That's the, the one with the ad going, I'm a man and I'm a man on a horse. And I'm I've on got a diamonds and, you know. And I'm riding backwards on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, big big shout out to um, to, to yeah, certain Melbourne practitioners trying to um, you know uh, assert the <laughs> lockdown. Right there, you go. I don't know what you're talking about there. Oh yes, Adults. yeah, the, the uh, yeah, certain Melbourne people trying to grooming back on board. You mean? Yes, that's yes. correct. Oh no, yeah, incredible. Anyway, I look there. It, yeah, we had we actually had one this week. Actually, someone wanted a uh, consent, uh, I suppose, consent form signed by us saying that for an am, animal welfare reasons that um, that his uh, uh, his dog needed to have a groom um, and uh, and an owl trim, which yeah didn't really need to. So there's a, certainly a bit of that going around. I think it must be you know there's a petition out there somewhere. I think with um, you know hundreds of thousands of you know probably more signatures than than COVID in Melbourne at the moment. But um, yeah. but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. I, I just, I, I think there's only very few animals that that need an animal welfare groom. I don't know what you what you think, mate. Yeah, although I think it's um, we we tried to be as diplomatic with it as what we could initially. Um, but we've paired right back on it because like we're so, oh, I reckon every third phone call that we're getting at the moment is now people not even from our area yeah. trying to book yep. in for a groom. Yep. Um, we've got like, we've had one dog that we, uh, like he's got, basically he's, he's almost got more tumor in his skull than, than bone now. Mm, wow. um, but he's still like, we're managing his, his quality of life, but he's getting very, hairy and he's getting you know, he's overheating on the hot days and so we're going to we're getting him in to get him yep. clipped up yeah, this is like you enough. know what is a 12, yeah, 12 year old dog with less time to live than mm. than, than more so we're sort of we th- figure that we can justify that one but it, it, all the others we're trying to you know put off and put off and put off and i, and I get it that people are um are stressed out about it and um and worry but Man, you know, it's it's just another reason that we're getting people getting angsty with us, which we don't need. Yeah, you're so right. Well, I suppose those listeners overseas, we are in stage four lockdown in Melbourne, where uh, where we are practicing, and um, and part of the the restrictions are the grooming services are all closed. So you to have your pet groomed, you either need to rock up your vet or potentially get uh, get permission. I suppose is a way to mm. put a consent from your vet to say that you know my pet needs a groom, and and so yeah, as it's dragging on, it's sort of four to six weeks now you know it's it's probably people generally get their pet groomed in that sort of time period so you're getting you know, people you're coming in just uh, nail trim you know it always gets a nail trim every four to six weeks like i i could not trim any more of those black nails without making it bleed so you're gonna yeah. have to wait till the groom is open again um but yeah um yeah we're getting in more and more people and it's, it's it's it is just taking up our time really i suppose like you said yeah just answering phone calls and dealing with irate people that uh that, that really their dogs just look a bit shaggy at the moment, you know, yeah. there's no matching. There's no, no issue going on. 
Yeah, we we have had a couple come in that are um that are legitimately getting getting knotty and knottier yep. and knottier, and it's yep. like, oh boy, this is gonna. Especially then, if you're if they were to then have to wait for another four weeks, because given that then, even from the date that we've got set, we're we're hoping that we're going to be able to start grooming again that they're booked in two weeks after that, you know, yep. like, Oh man, you know, this, this dog's going to be as naughty as hell and it's going to be painful for them. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a bit of, there's a little bit of leeway for extreme cases, but oh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's heartache, heartache and, at the moment. And any of those people that you've seen that are that perhaps trying to do a bit of grooming at home, mate, have any of them uh, hit an artery in the, in the ear that, uh, that potentially they could have died from as, as we heard in some reports, allegedly media reports, during the week Good goodness gracious me thank you for bringing this up Lewis because it made me have to get out my old anatomy textbook again and try and remember what the name of the artery was that runs around that pulsatiles through the ear the, 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 the pinner the floppy part of the ear because my goodness I it's been a long time since I've gone through uni Lewis and I'd forgotten all about it you know like I've seen I've seen dogs that have had their their their, their tongues cut with with scissors i've seen dogs that have put their tongues through uh, shredder through, through paper shredders yep. you know um all sorts of things i've never seen a pulsatile amount of blood loss out of an ear but uh, it really got me thinking and and reaching for the reaching for the t- textbooks again oh you're reaching for the uh, the blood transfusion i'll bet well i mean I mean, I've been, we've been a vet for a little while, mate. I must say I've done a few surgeries on ear pinner before. Um, mm. and I'll, they'll, they'll certainly bleed, but at no point did I fear that the dog was going to bleed out and die, as distinct from when you've been in the abdomen and, and perhaps got a, a, quite a, a, a large-sized vessel that was filling the abdomen with blood as, as I was like a bucket just under a tap. Yes. So yep. Yep. Never seen or it on the ear. Yeah. No. You're, you're t- taking out a nice big splenic tumor, and suddenly it decides to um to to pop a foof of valve while you're trying to take it out, mm. and uh, suddenly there's you know it looks like there's more blood on the outside of the dog than the inside. Like that's that's what I would call a catastrophic bleed. But um, yes. you know, they it certainly goes everywhere. That's that's for sure. And the dogs generally come in with a big smile on their face. <laughs> they do. Yeah, flicking the head big usually. Smile, like, Look at me. It's spraying the blood everywhere, flicking it around everywhere. Yeah. They, so they was- do that. They do that Pantene ad, Lewis. You know, like the the hair care level. They just, you know, I mean, it's it's something that we haven't been able to enjoy for for for, for very you know, yeah. for quite a long time. I no. mean, you would have back in your heyday. I mean, you would have used you know quite a, a full bodied shampoo back in your day. You know, <laughs> but but now you can just see those cavaliers. And they go, oh. Yeah, and you could just see droplets of blood just going everywhere, just just spraying stunning. and flicking, flicking everywhere. I think it was a good bit of sensational journalism. I think really, really. I, got... well, you know what's a, what they say, mate? If it bleeds, it leads. Oh, yeah, right. I hadn't heard that one. You haven't heard you that one. No, that's fantastic. There you go. Yeah, no. If it if they, if it bleeds, it leads. That's the uh, that's the the catch cry of a, of our sensationalist media. So, but anyway, there you go. That's got a little bit of little bit of. So there we go. Bit, attention here in Melbourne. Bit of shade there to one of our colleagues, potentially, in the report. <laughs> right. He doesn't listen to podcasts, hopefully. You never know. You never That's know. Right. There's got... no such thing as bad publicity, mate. That's fine. If he wants to tell his listeners about how bad we are, mate, some, some of them will maybe listen. It'll be great. Yeah. Just leave us a one-star review. Let us know about it. Or five-star. <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to do. Whatever, whatever you feel. But speaking of five-star, yes. was uh, uh, yesterday, was Are You OK Day in Melbourne? So Absolutely, yes. Um, and we both both got some amazing amazing care package didn't we deliver to us from uh from our friend jack at flynn's walk or, yes, or Fl- flynn's talk as well it is as it is now 
Yeah, well, then now they've got their podcast, Flynn's Talk, where they're talking about uh, mental health and, and issues uh, surrounding uh, the veterinary industry and stigmas and that sort of stuff that we, we inter- they interviewed us. I think where we're there third episode or something like that maybe yeah i think well they're certainly their third best episode <laughs> episode number three pretty sure about that I'm pretty yeah, sure jack three at that point jack was quick to to put us up on the pedestal there which is it was lovely of him but thanks, no jack. we we yeah, thanks jack we got a great great care package got uh um you know um i got, I got a new car um do you get a new car in yours mate your uh, yeah i got a a faux leather jacket it was terrific <laughs> It's great. It's vegan leather. It's it's made made completely out of uh, out of a, a tie dyed hemp. Pleather. 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 Yeah. Pleather. It's so exactly. it's so soft. Yeah. And it breathes. And, and no. Um, but no sweating all, all, at all. No. We got some um some wonderful are you okay cookies. Um and every time I eat them I just feel more and more okay because they are sensational. They're delicious. Coffee yep. mugs, some um cups of tea to try and you know sit around and uh, to stimulate conversation when you're uh, with your colleagues and say are you okay? I thought it was fantastic and what a what a well put together package too by um by uh Flynn's Walk and the are you the are you okay team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, I thought you were heading back to the manscaping there, mate. But no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about what we got delivered. No, it was it was great, and it was good to have a sit round on Thursday with all the gear that we'd got, and uh, and just you know have a bit of a chat. You know, it's not an easy time for, for certainly for, for anybody at this time, and 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 certainly we've got vets and nurses and and vet techs that are that are, and groomers that are potentially feeling a lot of pain at the moment. So really good just to get around your your um your friends and genuinely ask them, you know, or your colleagues, you know, has has everything going whatever you, whatever language you use um and uh and and actually listen to what they say you know are they going okay is everything going all right you know just uh just a really 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 timely reminder and that's one of the things that we do before we um yeah before we roll you know we have a little uh little little debrief you know it's oh, yeah. good to good to sort of bounce uh yeah bounce the, the the tribulations of our week off each other and how everything's going you know it's a it's sort of it's something that i certainly appreciate being able to have someone there to you know that that genuinely cares when they ask how are you going and and will and as you will listen so you know it's it's very important to ask the question but then equally important to uh to to listen as well so so yeah yeah, you spot on, mate. Fantastic. And look, a big shout out to them. They've got a podcast, Flynn's Talk. Uh, Jack and his his mate, uh, good mate. They they've got a um, they've got a podcast. That, yeah. Oh, what was his name? What's his uh, podcast mate's name? Co-host Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten too. I could see you querying there. Anyway, we will move on. What's been happening this week, mate? So, um, uh, <laughs> speaking of being ill prepared, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking of being ill-prepared, we had, um, so we're in springtime now, you know, so being in spring, uh, what a, what a wonderful time, you know, I'm, I'm loading myself up on antihistamines. So that way when I'm going out and talking to people outside that I'm not talking all sniffly nosed and sore throated people thinking that I've come to work with the Rona, you know, I'm trying to, trying to make sure that uh, my, my, my breathing and airways are as clear as possible. Yes. Yes. But, uh, this, this week, Lewis, we had a, a wonderful morning on Tuesday morning. It was beautiful beautiful the sun was out it was it was hot it was such a i reckon it was about you know 12 or 13 degrees even at uh, half past six i was down at the footy over with uh with reuben uh having a kick of the footy and uh we um i thought my goodness this is so this is such a warm day i'm going to make sure i can actually i'm going to take my sunscreen because if i'm outside uh consulting today i think i'm going to get myself sunburned so took the sunscreen didn't take my jacket ah 
I think by about 10.30, it had clouded over and then it started uh, teeming down with rain. And, uh, and I thought, gee, was, I'm really glad that I got my sunscreen here today and not my jacket. So, yeah. Um, yeah, right. There you go. <laughs> Now, I believe you've done some research now, Lewis. <laughs> we might have done a little bit of just, uh, just a bit of research. Googling back on, the, uh, on, the, on your... Shout out to Jeremy and Jack. At, uh, Jeremy and Jack. I knew it started with a J. I was going to say Jared, but I don't know. They didn't think Jared worked. <laughs> big Jezza. Shout out James. to you guys. Sorry about that mental, mental moment we had. But, but if you... Uh, <laughs> at least you didn't call him Jill. Jack and Jill's podcast. That would have been even worse. <laughs> yeah, definitely not going down the hill, that's for sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so yeah, yeah. Talk, talk, uh, talk about ill prepared. So I was out there absolutely. Uh, you know, I still should have put the sunscreen on because it may have helped the rain just bead off me. But oh, nice, yeah, nice, excellent. Chilly mate. day. Yeah, good stuff. Bead off the head. Now, have you got something else about head something? Yeah, head something. About? Yeah. Speaking of heads, speaking of beating off around the head. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And you thought you were going to be the one that was going to bring this podcast down? No, mate. I can always <laughs> dig a little bit deeper. Um. I had a I'm very, very interesting case um, a, a few weeks ago um, uh, in the midst of all this uh, Corona stuff. Suddenly we heard a, um, a, a massive pounding on the front door, bang, 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 and people screaming outside. We went and checked and there was a, uh, the nurses come running in with a little dog that was uh, basically unconscious, but in a oh. pistotonus. So pistotonus being where he's rigid with his head craning yeah, back. You've got to keep your head on the microphone, mate, or we can't what? hear yeah, sorry. That, as you're pissing the toning. Thank you very much. A piss the tone as his uh, as his head's angling back. Um, so this little dog had fallen down some stairs. Little uh, little three and a half kilo toy poodle. Um, oh fallen down the stairs and he was uh, he was seizuring. He was in a oh really dear. really really bad way. So we uh, we we tried to stabilise him as best as we could. We um giving him giving him oxygen, giving him medication to try and stop the seizures and try yep. and basically put him into like a, a an induced coma and trying to see whether or not as he was coming out of that whether or not he'd start to gain some um uh, gain some uh, more uh, central nervous system some more brain function um and giving him a little bit of fluids and things like that and as he was coming out he was not looking good at all he was he was you know still still showing those really severe signs um pulled up my old uh, uh got the the glasgow coma score scale out lewis you know right. and started doing uh okay. doing that to try and sort of measure where his uh yep uh, coma scores and it, it wasn't good it was up oh, pretty dear. high so that's where you start to go hang on prognosis isn't good here and so i said look we're probably at the end of what we the edge of what we can do here for him and he doesn't seem like he's getting better i think we should think about uh sending him to the emergency center if you are keen for to get in there now that we've got him as sort of as stable as what we can so they took him off to the emergency center and they gave him um some uh, medication to try and reduce the pressure yep. in his brain and um and still kept him under basically the, like that chemically induced coma for um for you know another sort of 12 to 24 hours and a little oxygen crib to try and make sure you know, almost like a little um they call it a hyperbaric chamber yeah sort right of deal trying to get so it wasn't an actual hyperbaric just trying to get as much oxygen as they could um and uh i saw him a few days later and he still wasn't awesome but he was functional um but then he came in for uh, a checkup so this would have been two and a half weeks later and he's in and walking around and he's got normal brain function again and um and yeah he's doing really really well so um so Fantastic. he was he was really really touch and go this little fella so um so the with the the owners um the kids 
uh, drew us a little card, you know, saying thank you to Dr. Robbie and the team. Thanks for, thanks for saving our little dog's life. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, geez, thanks. That's all right, guys. That's you know, nice. It's yeah. Terrific, oh, you know, shucks. So, um, so yeah, it was, uh, it's been, you, you don't see them often those really severe head mm. traumas where they come in, you know, certainly in, in general practice, but, um, it, it sort of was all, all hands on deck. It sort of reminded me of when we were talking to Eleanor the other day of how, when, you know, the, the stinky stuff sort of hits the fan and splatters everywhere that suddenly every, you know, it's just, it's just game face on and just, right. You've just got to get in and try and get the, get the job done. Well done, mate. That's a, that's a good effort. That's a really good outcome for that dog. Good on you. That's fantastic. It was a little, it was a little touch and go, but you know, it seemed like he was, uh, yeah. Yeah. When we, when we saw him a few days later and certainly reports we're getting from the emergency center was that he was doing okay, but you know, you still always worry about what sort of, because there's not an awful lot of room between the outside world and a toy poodles gray matter. So yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. All anyway, right. A good news story. Yeah, fantastic. All right, and big thank you to our uh, supporters, uh, Zilkane, our sponsors. Um, uh, fantastic uh, product. I, I used some this week. I had a do- uh, cat that um, that's having some issues in the house, a little bit of spraying around the house. Mm. So we thought, you know, it's a bit reluctant to start some medication, which may have helped. Um, so they said, I said, look, let's, let's try some Zilkine first. Um, and see if that can help. And, uh, and um, I've heard a little bit of reports that uh, you can keep increasing the dose of the Zilkine. You can go quite okay. a high dose because it's a, a nutraceutical. It's not a medication per se. Um, and that, um, and that can be um, uh, something that, that, uh, that you can keep increasing for anxiety stuff. So big and thank it's you a nice, to it's a nice It's a nice midway um, thing as well. It's a nice gateway. You could almost call it a gateway drug. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's a stepping stone. It's a softer drug. To- Softer yeah. drug to, for when you want to consider using harder drugs in the future. Is that what you're saying, Robbie? It, it's, a, it's a gateway to, to, for, for stronger anxiety things. It's a nice, uh, yeah. That's, it's, that's where I'm getting It's at. the barley cigarette before you move <laughs> on to perhaps other sorts of cigarettes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's. I'm. I'm not saying that you're going to go to Bali with a whole lot of Zilkeen strapped to your boogie board, but you know, if you were, and, and I'm. You'd have to check, but I'm sure it would be safer than some of the other okay. things you could strap to your boogie board going into Bali with. Yeah, exactly. Although you yeah. can't bring it back again because it's a milk product. So it's oh. totally safe, safe and natural, but you would not be able to bring it back in your boogie board from Bali. Right. Because well, of Tips. quarantine. Yeah. Tips, I'll, I'll, I'll let Chappelle know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, please do. <laughs> and also big thank you to our other supporter, Delicate Care. Got yes, I've... Sh- I've yep. heard back from my cat with um, inflammatory bowel disease oh, today, yeah. Lewis. Yes. Uh, that um, that I got um, friend of the show, uh, the wonderful Dr. Clint Udelman, in to do some intestinal biopsies and came back as inflammatory bowel disease. Yep. Cat is doing really, really well on delicate cares, sensitive skin and stomach diet, and a hearty dose of prednisolone. But the <laughs> but diet wise. It's on the it's on the 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 novel protein diet that Delicate Care provides of, of duck and kangaroo protein. Yep. You know, that's the one that's in the skin and said uh, yeah, sensitive skin great, and stomach for dogs and cats. Fantastic. That's awesome. Good stuff. And of course, a uh, big thank you to our Patreon supporters. So uh, we really appreciate your support uh, for as little, if you want to get on board, we've got lots of people who do like to support us just with individual uh, little uh, present every um every every month just to support us uh we've got i've got a question from 
Suzanne Decal Gal. Yes. But we might hold off on that until next week when we actually talk about it um, a little bit more. In, it's coming out in the one of the main topics next week. So, oh, sizzle. Yeah. I like sizzle. Yeah. So uh, thank you very much, though, to all, all our Patreon supporters out there. Very yeah. good. What do you got? Got something in the news this week, mate? Absolutely, Lewis. I'm glad you were talking about uh, 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 trying to smuggle drugs into into and out of Bali because there's a uh, uh, an article this weekend in the Age. You know, not not about uh, you know, grooming of uh, vets grooming themselves in the stage four lockdown, but black market cat drugs studied as COVID nineteen treatment. Ooh, yeah. So our listeners, long time listeners. Well, remember back a months ago, we were talking about um, cat coronavirus, so um, so feline infectious peritonitis, and about the um, the the wacky wacky new medications, the experimental medications that people were importing in from China that um, potentially may have some sort of a effect on treatment of what is otherwise a basically a death sentence yes. uh, infection for cats. Un- um, because remembering disease. that feline infectious peritonitis is caused by a feline coronavirus, different to the COVID-19, you know, the SARS-CoV-2 that's currently got us, you know, lo- locked in and, you know, grooming ourselves. Um, so uh, this, uh, this article from Liam Maddox in The Age too is one of the heavy hitters. So it's not just one of the, uh, one of the staff reporters or the work experience kids. Is that Brian's, Brian's son? Brian Mannix, yes, yeah, Brian from the Uncanny X Men. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think it is so. actually. Is it really? I don't know. Oh, shout out! Is he a listener? <laughs> shout out! If you're listening, send us an email. Uh, maybe, maybe become Patreon supporter, Brian. Thanks. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he could do a, do a new intro song for us. It'd be great. Uh, hey, it would be my, my Patreon. Yeah, it'd be good. Great. We've, well, we've been using that one for 126 episodes. Yeah, well, it's working. It's getting the job done. <laughs> All right. Uh, two experimental cat drugs that cost Australian pet owners thousands of dollars on the black market are being studied as potential COVID-19 treatments. The drugs named GS-441524 and GC376 have been, which they've got to come up with catchier names, Lewis. Come on. You know, we, we should be able to brainstorm something for that. Well, I think that's a marketing thing. And I don't think they're at the stage where they're actually sort of in a market um, that's sort of out there. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's just uh, probably the name that was given to it just coming straight out of the lab, I guess. Yeah, but they, they, they could still come up with a better name. Yeah, what you got? Go. You got some ideas? Use <sighs> uh, off, off the top of my head, maybe. Uh, um, cure kitty drug? Happy kitty. Happy kitty. Healthy kitty. Kitty catty. No, what we should do is because it's coming from China. What we should do is we should get something that's a very that's very poor, tr- poorly translated from Chinese to English. Oh, like Happy Special K. Yes, yes, yes. yeah, yeah, yes. Um, uh, uh Special Puri, uh, uh, yeah, Puri Cat. More, something more, like more Special K. Something yeah, like lots that. Lots of Special K. Yeah, yeah, the one like the like the Special K you get from Bali as well. That's right, exactly. So it's more Special K than that Special K. Yes. Yeah, it's special, special kitty, a kitty with a K. Yes. Uh, so that they've been used by scientists in early studies to treat feline infectious peritonitis, a disease caused by by a cat coronavirus that, without drugs, is one hundred percent fatal. Yep. The drugs are not approved for human or animal use in Australia. And on Monday, the Therapeutic Goods Administration issued a, a Therapeutic Goods Administration issued a firm warning about buying them online. People wow. who import them risk buying low quality or counterfeit drugs that could harm them or all their pets 
the administration warned. The Australian Veterinary Association has also urged people not to try to buy the drugs. And I tell you what, nothing stops people from trying to buy drugs than associations urging people not to buy drugs. It's the Barbra Streisand effect, isn't it, mate? <laughs> it's Babs. Babs at her best. Where you highlight something and it goes viral because you highlight it. You know about the Barbra Streisand effect, don't you? No, no, oh, you know about, oh mate, no, tell me about the oh, Streisand effect. Let's, oh. let's put a pin. In, let's put a pin in the COVID treatment. Tell me about the the Babs effect. Let's let's cross over to stuff you should know. Another podcast that I was listening to this week talk about the Barbara Streisand effect. Yeah, but essentially the guys they were saying that uh, so Barbara Streisand had an amazing house in well, Florida, Malibu, I don't Malibu. know somewhere, yep. some yeah, wherever, beautiful house, and a real estate agent flew over the area. I did a study, like a master's study or something put a drone over there. He took some photos of the whole coastline, you know, looking at uh, erosion. I don't know what it was, something like yeah. that happened to feature her house in the, um, you know, this, this is a student in the guy, drone shot in the drone shot, her house, part of his project, blah, 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 you know, and, uh, and Barbara Streisand took him to court to sue him several hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars for wow. to say, you need to take that photo down and re retract that photo. And so, so before the court ca uh, case came about, the photo had been downloaded six times. Right. After the court case, when she's trying to sue this guy that's got no money at all for millions of dollars, it got up to a million downloads or something ridiculous. <laughs> so that is the Barbara Streisand effect that, uh, that you highlight something online and it goes viral. Wow. Whereas if she right. just said nothing, it would have just gone away. No one would have cared. And nobody would have known that no. it was her place. It wasn't like she was nude in the backyard. It wasn't like she was, you know, hey, hey, there's a big guy there in the background. Ruben, sorry, Ruben's just walking past the listeners who cannot see that. It's not, it's not like she was out there with a, you know, under the shade of a, Whatever, her nose, in the nude, yeah. anything at all. She, no. was, she wasn't taking inappropriate biological samples of her dogs to get them cloned. Yeah, that's right. That was one of our first episodes when she got them cloned. It was an early it? one. Yeah, it was an early one. Excellent. So there you go. The Barbara Simons. I digest, mate. I digest. You digest. And you, di you digress. digest your digression. Thank yes. you. That's, 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 that's seamless. Uh, researchers reported in Nature Communications last week that GC376 inhibited the growth of the virus that causes COVID-19. And GS441524 is also in the early stages of COVID-19 research and has been tested on at least one patient. Right. But it is Remdesivir, an enhanced Remdesivir. version of GS. What's that? Remdesivir. Remdesivir. That sounds that sounds better too. Rolls off the just just sing us, please. No, it's nice. Um, it's an enhanced version, Lewis, of GS four four one five two. See, there you go. There's a good name. More special um, K. Special case. More yes. special. Okay. Happy, happy Purry Kitty. Uh, made by US pharmaceutical company Gilead that has enjoyed the most success. In early studies, remdesivir seems to shorten the length of time patients have COVID-19 and reduces the mortality rate. It became Australia's first approved COVID-19 treatment in July. Mm. Experts say that because the manufacturers have been focusing on the drugs used in treating people, they have not commercialized them for cats. And that has led to a thriving black market trade as desperate pet owners buy the drugs from China. A wonder drug for cats. Dr. Andrew Spanner, owner of the Walkerville Vet Clinic in Adelaide, said GS441524's effect on six cats could be 
extraordinary. Mm. Early work in cats was the harbinger, harbinger of what these drugs are capable of. I know people who saw the results in cats and went, wow, these drugs are amazing. And they are amazing, quite frankly, as has often been described about different drugs. The University of Sydney's Professor of Veterinary Microbiology and Infectious Diseases, Jacqueline Norris, said that she was aware of many Australian Jackie pet owners. Jackie Norris. Jackie hey. Norris. Yeah. Chuck's, yeah. Chuck's daughter. Chuck's daughter. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, if, if, if anyone can knock out, a, <laughs> knock out an infectious disease, it's Jackie Norris. That's right. You know? If you want anyone in your corner that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to do, do hell to coronavirus, it's Chuck and his daughter. I that's right. Did, yep. did you know that coronavirus was 100% uh, fatal until Chuck Norris came along? <laughs> Chuck, Chuck Norris and his daughter, Jackie. Yes, of course. Sorted it out. Yeah. Sorted it out. Now, now, now they've got a 25% chance of survival. Um, uh, so, yeah, she was aware of many Australian pet owners illegally importing GS441524. Um, everyone can see in the literature that this is going to be a fantastic drug for a disease that is untreatable, she said. I tell people about the papers. I tell them there is an ability to get the drug, but it's not legal. The two drugs were tested on cats in 2018 to 2019 by Professor Niels Peterson, a scientist based in University of California, Davis, who was searching for a treatment for feline infectious peritonitis, as we reported last year. In one study done on GS, and all the numbers, in 2019, 31 cats were dosed with one of the drugs, 25 survived and recovered. GC376 was also effective, but substantially less so. Human studies, while cats miss out, because the human drug market is much more lucrative than the cat market, the companies are focused on that avenue rather than making a commercial drug for cats. That has left desperate cat owners to seek other ways of getting the drugs. After the chemical formulas were published online, Chinese companies started manufacturing and selling the drugs to distressed pet owners. The human market is so much larger that creates this black market, Dr. Spanner said. We have different Dis desperate cat owners who, on one hand, willing manufacturers on the other, and the internet joins them together. Mm. It's the internet does. The internet's mm. about bringing people together, mm. especially in these COVID times. I can't criticize owners, Dr. Spanner said, because these cats mostly do very well on this treatment with minimal side effects, and these are cats that would have mostly died before from the disease. The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald have viewed several social media posts and GoFundMe campaigns from Australians soliciting funds to buy the drugs via the black market. One company, apparently headquartered in the US, sells uh, that drug as superior to Remdesivir against COVID-19. The drugs are extremely expensive between three and five thousand dollars for a course of injections dr spanner said i want to stress i don't want them to be stopped because there is no harm being done at the moment he said mm, yeah it's interesting we've had one uh one client who uh separate to us went out and, and purchased uh, did their research and purchased the drugs i think it was 10 grand for a course um but it's interesting the, um, that you mentioned the social media aspect. I know there are some Facebook pages. Um, so if you have got a cat that's got FIP or feline infectious peritonitis, there is some Facebook pages you can go to. But interesting, you know, the way Facebook's going, and I mean, Facebook is the first one to take down any horrible Fake news TikTok Fake video news. that was on. They were, they were right in there really quick, weren't they? Not. Yeah, or, uh, or fake news, you know, first one yeah. to take down any sort of, you know, uh, advertisements from Russia for Trump or whatever was going on. We don't, we don't get into politics, but whatever's going on. Well, they have a few pages that were on that drug and, uh, and people's experiences and perhaps treatment protocols shut down because the drug's not registered. So then it was really? opened up as 2.0 and then somebody mentioned the drug again, shut down again. So that page is now 3.0. Mm. 
Wow. And not allowed to mention the medication or, you know, it's all uh, got to be sort of private messages, but that's sort of, you know, and, and I guess that's, that's understandable, but it's interesting. And, and maybe it was because of the COVID thing that, you know, they're really trying to crack down on, uh, well, essentially quacks, I suppose. I guess yeah. good mate, Pete Evans. Uh, who, oh, well, he's not. No, but yes, maybe he is. Maybe um, he is. Hope he's not listening. Uh, <laughs> no, throw an activated armored at you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's got his Van de Graaff all fired up to. But seriously, I think that Facebook is certainly cracking down on that sort of thing. Um, so maybe it was the COVID link that that ended up that those pages got shut down. So just a little side there. And as a um, uh, as as you say, as an aside, one thing that I think is going to be interesting with this is that if these um, treatments do reach the point where they start becoming mass produced for humans. It certainly wouldn't be the first time that as the veterinary side of things that we start using human medications in animals um, to then see what sort of effect it has. And so, you know, I, I could certainly see somewhere that when these medications become more, um, more readily available, if they are going to start being mass produced, given that COVID ain't going away anytime soon, um, that there might be some reports of using these medications in cats a little bit more, you know, like it's still be off label. I, I think it's much harder to source them actually now because, because of the link there. Um, oh, I've heard right? that. Yeah, you, yeah. Even getting it from, I, I don't know, just anecdotally, I've heard the black market trade in those drugs is very, very difficult now because Ooh. it's so close to the human drug that it's all being pushed in towards the human drug. So right. watch this space. There you go. Anyway, so I've got an article that's from, yes. from the Herald Sun, mate. I, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not your, uh, yeah, the age sort of, phew, that's uh, that's pretty high power for me, mate. I stick to you, the... You're the, a bit more Murdochian, are you? You like, yeah. your, you like your, your, your big punny uh, he, uh, uh, subtitles and... Yeah, big pictures and stuff that I can look at. That's uh, that's what I like, mate. And the Excellent. back page, all about football. So this is... Uh, this is uh, and kebabs. Might have, been, might have been given me by my dad. Anyway, thanks, Dad, if you did. It's his birthday today, so happy birthday, Dad. Happy birthday, Dr. K. Got that in. Yep. 2021 today again. Again. Yeah, big, the big 2-1. Well done. Woo. Happy birthday, Dad. Gee, did you give him the keys to the house? <laughs> he's already got those. <laughs> he, not anymore, though. He's not allowed over. Not at the moment. <laughs> no, it won't be long. Hopefully, we'll all be back together. Anyway, so this is an article from, uh, from the Herald Sun. Uh, heading. This is classic Herald Sun. Bullseye. I'm no target. Yeah, geez. Doesn't really tell nice. anything about the article, does it? So no. this is in Cape Town. <laughs> Painting eyes on the backsides of cattle deters lions and other predators tests have shown. Ooh. A cross daubed on a cow's flank also made carnivores think twice. The research was done in the Botswana's Okavanga Delta, where attacks on livestock often lead to farmers killing predators in retaliation. The theory of the four-year study... Wow, four now, years of, 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 of painting painting targets on the back of cows' bums. Four years in the Okavanga Delta. I reckon I could do that. You need That's a bit right. of, fair bit of deet, I reckon, to do to no, hang a out. Lot, a lot of deet. You'd, yes. be, you'd be certainly losing some layers of skin. Yeah, yeah from the uh, the you know, you, oh, it, yeah. and it'd be a lot of doxycycline as well. Yeah, a lot of doxy and uh, probably a lot of plastic watches because if you get deet on your plastic watch, it'll melt. Melt tip, tip oh, for yes. those. Tip those traveling to the Okavanga there. <laughs> uh, the theory of the four-year study was that such markings could trick predators into thinking they'd lost the advantage of surprise. Or that somebody else was already targeting them. Well, yeah, yeah they've already been eaten. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they were looking at them. They were looking at the, the eyes. were looking at the predators from the back. <laughs> 14 herds that had suffered lion attacks were used. A third of each herd was painted with an eye spot on the rump. A third with a cross and the rest left unmarked. None right. of the cows painted with an eye was killed. Four that were painted with a cross were attacked and 15 clean skin cattle were attacked. So there you go. It's not about the bull's eye. It's actually about an eye putting eyes on the back of uh, on the back of um, a cow's prevented the lions from attacking them. So wow. how about so, that? Um, you know, any, any way. So with the, with this bull's eye, is it just painted around the cows already existing, you know, brown, you know, um, yeah, iris. I just coloured. lifted the, t- I think they just lifted, tied the tail up, mate, pretty much. And there it was just, there it was. There was the eye right there. Just yeah, did, no, no need to paint anything. Continually. Four winking. years, mate. We could have done it in two. Two years at least. Two, yeah, yeah. Before the visa ran out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> before COVID came and sent us all home. Well, there you go. Yeah. The Herald Sun. Yeah. It's a cutting Thank edge, you, cutting Sun. edge research. Whew. I didn't look up the article because I, I didn't have time, but anyway, Herald Sun. And it probably, it probably did, didn't exist anyway. It was probably just one that the Herald Sun's made up. Yeah, that's all right. They just, they just would have found a picture of a cow with painted on its bum and go, that'll do. There possibly was a picture of the article, but I haven't got it with me. So there you go. Well, all right, thanks, thanks, Doctor K. Um, Move now, on to disclaimer, Regan. Oh, disclaimer. Yes. Yeah. Let, let me let me get to that disclaimer. All advice on the show is generally nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information because veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if you missed anything. If you need any clarification or whether or not you've got any uh, tips on obtaining, uh, you know, just black market drugs in general. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe your your login for the dark web might help as well, Lewis. Well, the silk, your Silk Road login. The Silk Road. Silk Road 5.0. Yes. A lot yeah. of them have been taken down. Pretty Maybe sure. get, some, get some new clippers. Yeah, yes, possibly. Yeah. Need a bit of manscaping. Yeah. All right. and, and, and while you go and do some more manscaping, let's take a break. Hey, Robbie, I'd love to give a shout-out to our friends at PetSure for their awesome free webinar series. Yeah, man, I heard about those. Aren't they called Pause and Learn, as in P-A-W-S? <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, mate, there's nothing like a good acronym. It got your attention. <laughs> it certainly did, mate. But seriously, the PetSure webinars cover some amazing topics, though. They sure do. There's one on COVID-19 and pets, very topical, and essential viewing for all concerned pet parents in this COVID-19 world. Indeed, mate, and for vets as well. Oh, you're absolutely right. There's also another one called Setting Up Your New Pet for Success. And here's one that's really important, Helping Pets Avoid Separation Anxiety. That'd be right in your wheelhouse, wouldn't it? Oh, mate, love that. Anything on behaviour, that's absolute gold. Oh, mate, it's all gold, gold, gold for pet sure here. And you know they're presented by Pet Shores Chief Vet Dr. Danny Hulhan, friend of the podcast, and also they have a range of other pet experts for each topic, so you know you're getting the good stuff. Oh, mate, that sounds great. So to learn more about these webinars or to register, visit petsure.com.au slash webinars. Registration is free, but spots are limited. And since we've just registered, two less. So make sure you secure your spot today. Oh, T's and C's apply. Visit petsure.com.au for more information.
Welcome back, listeners. Um, just in the break there, we're just uh, chatting about Robbie's singing technique. So if, if you want, Robbie, we had a bit of singing from last week. Don't start, Robbie. No, I'm, so not, if, I'm just I'm singing, if, in my, singing in my head. If you do want Robbie to sing good. more in the um, more in the know. podcast, then don't send an email. So more singing, no emails. If you want to sing less, please send an email to us that way. He likes I can't crit- believe I just hit that high note too. He likes criticism. He loves it. He loves feedback. Anyway, Thrive so Robbie, you... Yes. What what are we going to talk about, mate? We got a new series of uh, series of part one of part um, one of uh, what what a part one. What are we going to do to talk about? So what what I wanted to do, Lewis, we mentioned it last week, but I thought it might be a good idea to be able to do some uh, tips for people that are going out and getting uh, you know COVID puppies and kittens, just to give people a bit more of a run through. We spoke. This is, I guess reiterating some of the topics that we've touched on in the past, but trying to collate them all together so that we can say to people, you know what, you've got yourself a new dog. Why not have a listen from episode 126 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast? And you can say it to your friends too. If your friends have just gone and got themselves a new puppy or kitten and they're wondering about some information, you say, you know what, I listen to a podcast. You should listen from episode 126. A good one, mate. And if you bought that 20 grand puppy, please go and uh, get it on a, onto Patreon. Put us on Patreon with a little bit of spare change you got under the couch there. Yeah. First, get it insured, then come and see us at Patreon. Yes, that's right. But then, what would you do when you first get the puppy home, mate? What are we looking at? What sort of things are we going to do? So, what I thought we'd cover today is just general health tips. So, um, so to give you a bit of a, a bit of a, mm, you know, taster of what we're going to cover today: vaccination, microchips, parasites, feeding. So just some stuff. general stuff that we talk about in those, you know, early puppy and kitten visits. So first and, off with vaccination. And next week we might talk a bit about the behavior aspects of it. I think we might talk the toilet training, mouthing, any other issues. So if you've got any questions, send them in. Absolutely. Any, anything you specifically want covered, this is your time. Hit us, hit us up um, at twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. Yeah. Find us at Patreon, all that sort of fun stuff. Anyway, so vaccines. So how does a vaccine work? So, you know, we're, we're here a lot of talk about, you know, this wonderful COVID vaccine, if ever that comes out, you know. So what is a vaccine? A vaccine is something that we give to a creature in order to stimulate an immune response against a potential infection. So what a vaccine does is it helps to try and stimulate the body's own antibodies and immune mediated cells. So then that way, if and when that creature is actually uh, exposed to the field virus that could infect it, you've got some immunity there. You've got some fighting chance to be able to stop it from actually kicking in. Um, so you know, most of our vaccines are given via injection, but we do have a couple that are now um, available either as you know, a squirt up the nose or a squirt in the mouth, but it's all there to try and stimulate the animal's own immune system. Now, the tricky thing though for puppies and kittens is that they get some of their immunity from their mums. So we've all will have heard of, and it happens with all mammals. So we we always hear about colostrum. So colostrum is the first milk that is formed by the mum, and that infers some protection because there's antibodies in it to the puppies and kittens. And it only gets taken in in the first 24 hours, and after that, all those antibodies are just protein. But it's those mum's antibodies that float around in the um, in the animal's blood that helps to give some protection until their own immune system can kick in. That's where our vaccinations come in. So what do we vaccinate for? So um, there's 
I guess you can break it into core and non-core vaccines. So in dogs, your core vaccines or the core uh, infections that we vaccinate against, canine parvovirus, canine hepatitis virus, and canine distemper virus. Yep. Your non-core vaccines, this is where things start to get, you know, a little more, a little more funky. Maybe we should preface, mate, this is what we do in Melbourne. In I Melbourne? Yep. Thank you. Yes, Australia. thanks for that. Yes, yep. Yep, yep, because your different core vaccines will be, you know, different. You know, say in the States, you might have rabies as being yes. a core vaccine. or Le- um, Lepto. Lepto, absolutely. So, yep. um, so other other vaccinations um, that you can give, um, kennel cough vaccine. So there's um, there's a lot of different bugs that cause kennel cough. We've only got a vaccine. Uh, vaccines only work against a few of them, but at least it infers some sort of immunity against the ones that we can. Um, as you say, we've got lepto leptovirus, um, uh, lepto sorry leptospirosis vaccines. That was a bit crap. That was a good one. Too many viruses. Yeah. Um, so, so leptospirosis, we got a vaccine for. Canine coronavirus, we got a vaccine for, for what it's worth. It's, it's not really, related to COVID, the human. Not related to COVID. No, no. no. Um, and there's rabies vaccines and, you know, all sorts of other vaccines you get depending on different parts of where you are around yep. in the world. Yep. But the main ones that we talk about here in, um, in Australia, we talk about our C5 vaccine. So parva, distemper, hepatitis and kennel cough. And depending on your area of potential exposure, maybe lepto as well. Yep. Um, for kittens, kittens, your, your main core vaccine is your feline panleukopenia virus. The fact that that then comes with your two respiratory viruses, feline Khaleesi virus and herpes virus that cause cat flu, even though it's not a flu. Um, And then you've got feline leukemia, feline um, immunodeficiency virus vaccines too, immune mediated, uh, sorry, um, uh, retroviral infections. So, which we've spoken about in the past. Um, So common vaccination protocols, Generally, all puppies will get and all kittens will get a vaccine um, when they're pretty young, so between six to eight weeks of age. But remember, we were talking before about maternal antibodies. So the tricky thing is that some of that vaccine may get neutralized by that mum's antibodies. So we need to stimulate them again. Um, In dogs, there are some two vaccination uh, protocols out there. So an early release vaccine, they say, right, that's it. You don't need any more. there's a certainly the the independent world small animal veterinary association vaccination guidelines say you're probably better off giving them a 16 week one as well so um so depending on who you go to go and talk to your vet they'll talk you through what they recommend um but timing wise um there are some uh there's some uh sort of well, the, the advice from the, um, the, the WSAVA crew is that the last vaccine should come after 16 weeks of age. Um, kittens, again, usually they get their, um, their three, three vaccines. Um, and also depending on whether or not you're giving them FIV and FELV might change up your protocols as well. But again, talk to your vet about what the best, what potential things your pet's going to be exposed to and what the best way is to protect them. Yeah, excellent. And uh, one more, mate. What about the chlamydia in the cats? Uh, oh, yes, yeah. chlamydia. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, I forgot about chlamydia. So, so yeah, the F4 vaccine. So chlamydia being the, um, again, one of the chlamydia phyla, one of the upper respiratory or conjunctivitis um, vaccines. Um, it's, it's certainly out there um, and some people like using it. Well, I don't no. use it really anymore. I've found that it just caused a lot of reactions. So yeah, we, it we caused don't. A lot of, 
we don't tend to use it. The only time we use it is some countries require for export requirements. Ah, and, right. and I guess potentially if uh, cats were in a cattery where chlamydia, like a breeding cattery where chlamydia was en- uh, endemic in mm. that cattery, we might use it then. But we, well, I haven't done that for a long time. So it's really just export stuff we use that one for. And really, that's a, it's because it's a bacterial infection that actually responds pretty well to antibiotics. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you treat it with antibiotics and you don't need to vaccinate for it. So. And if you give it to a cat, you guarantee they'll be flat and they need to come in again to have some pain relief or something like that to, to bring them back to happiness again. It really knocks the socks off them, yeah, yeah, especially if you're giving them that plus other vaccines at the yep. same time. So, yep. um, so um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was um, vaccine, vaccinations and do they hurt, you know, in, in puppies? You know, we usually see with adult dogs that they can tolerate vaccines pretty well. But um, certainly with the... Uh, the lots of the little little wriggly oodle puppies that we get these days, um, they seem to be really, really wriggly at the time of trying to give mm. vaccination. Even though we use fresh, small, sharp needles, they because they're so stressed and tense, often they can react pretty badly to getting a vaccine. And um, one of the things I worry about is that how that then um, translate to what their uh, future experiences are going to be like, or their sort of you know their trepidations about coming into the clinic is going to be like as they get older. I mean, they need the vaccines; we've got to give it to them. But I just worry that you know those ones where they get really, really wriggly and they, you know, geez, they sometimes squeal and they have a very, very high pitch as well when they when yeah. they get going. Yeah, I do worry about that. I mean, the times we've seen the puppies come in, it is during the or even the kittens. It's it's often during their socialization period. So their, their minds are really open and uh, sort of receptive to any sort of uh, fearful um, incident that occurs for them. And, and so certainly in my, for myself, I will you know, use a lot of uh, peanut butter smid on the table or use a lot of treats and really try and make it a really good experience. And that, that vaccine is, is something that's just all part and parcel of what's going on. But, you know, yeah, you certainly you do have the, you know, we use vaccines. I'll generally use a vaccine that I know doesn't sting as much if I can. Mm. I'd use the, the ones in the nose, which uh, tend to be, uh, don't, uh, the um, the dogs don't hate as much or potentially the oral one I'd like to get, but we don't have it at the clinic. So that's another way that you can sort of give it um, without um, without the, the puppies getting too stressed. But I certainly do worry um, about, you know, what we um, I've just had some, some malfunction of my, my software yep. here, mate. Hang on, it's hardware. Um, <laughs> but I certainly, certainly do worry about um, when we're, um, you know, giving it at that time and, and if they have a bad experience, you know, um, where they are squealing, that really does set them up, I think, potentially for, for not liking to come to the vet again, especially if they then come again at 16 weeks for their final shot and it's a similar sort of experience for them. So it is, it's a real, um, you know, we're trying to do the right thing by their health, obviously, but also need to think about um, trying to do the right thing um, by, uh, by keeping them mentally happy to come to the vet. It's a yeah, good point. And, and especially with... Um, the fact that now we can't have puppy class at, at the mm. vet clinic too. There's no, there's, there's very little in the way of chances of having positive experiences at the clinic, the same way as what you normally would do, you know, pre pre COVID times. Exactly. And I think I talked about it last week, I think I'm seeing more puppies because, you know, they're not getting out and socializing certainly around Melbourne. They're not seeing lots of people. They're not doing the puppy school that, that all the only people they're seeing outside of their home environment, their, their, their core family, their bubble mm. is the vet. 
um, and maybe a nurse, and they're, then they're having an experience which is not the most fun experience potentially because that needle's just stung that little bit more or, or you know, hurt them. And so the next time they come in, like, well, at home's all fine, but anytime I go out of home and I see that these people, you know, there's no dilution of seeing a hundred other people on walks or you know, mm. of coming to the vet and getting some worming tablets or something like that and having some some other good experiences. So yeah, we talked about that last week, but yeah. I think that's part of the issue of COVID, unfortunately. Absolutely. Um, and reactions, people are often concerned about vaccination reactions and, you know, uh, how do they happen and are they common? Um, you know, a vaccine is a, it is an immune stimulating uh, treatment. So unfortunately you do get reactions, you know, I, there's a chance that my kids can get a vaccination reaction, but I'll still take them in and get them, you know, vaccinated. And I vac- get vaccinations myself because I know that it's the best way of trying to protect against these things. But so your different reactions, they can be anything from the stingy, itchy, you know, um, painful vocalization right up to, you know, um, sometimes you'll see dogs, they'll, um, they get uh, vomiting and um, uh, they'll vo- uh, have a poo and then they'll vomit um, on the way out to the, uh, on the way out to the, uh, to the front desk. Or then it can that's be more just because they, that's because they don't like you, mate. I'm pretty sure they leave right. that on the front doorstep. Go, that's what I think about that place. I keep wondering why the nurses keep doing that too. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is just a it's just a reaction to me, Lewis, rather than actually a reaction to the vaccination. And the fact that they're doing it on your bonnet too, mate, I feel like it is directed at you. It's it's it, it, it's when I keep finding the um the little step ladder for the clinic out 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 in the car park. Oh, just, to get up on your giant of, tractor SUV that you got you driving around in, mate. Is that, is that what you're saying? Gee, where's Lou? You throwing shade, eh? Have to get up on a step ladder to get up onto the big the big SUV at at, uh, at Waverley Animal Hospital there. Hey? I just I just love the way the engine sounds, mate. That's all it is. <laughs> I need needs a big bonnet to try and hide that that beast of an engine. Oh, so they're doing it actually into the letterbox that's in the in the bonnet there. The big, the big the big engine sticking out the top is that what you're saying mate they're right up on that letterbox just just dropping in the vowels wow and, and that's that's, that's what that's that's what that's why we need the step ladder i need to provide a safe work environment it's part, it's part of our covid safe plan very good anyway we digress as per usual um but, but vaccination reactions are very un- oh and you can get allergic uh, anaphylactic reactions which are much more severe very un- very 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 uncommon in yes. puppies but can be very 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 severe so always say to people that always keep an eye on um, your dog and your puppy um, for a good you know hour or so after they've had the vaccination just to make sure they're looking okay yeah well, generally those anaphylactic ones will be fairly quickly after the needle I normally say they I usually drop off the needle yeah, yeah kind of yeah or the you know before they've paid the bill, they're like, oh, hang on, what's uh, what's Fluffy doing on the ground here? And you go, oh, hang on, and you come again. Yes. Pretty rare yeah, yeah. and pretty quick, yeah. Very, very, very rare, though, compared to the chances of the, the, the hideous chances of um, – you know, or effects of parvovirus. Oh yes, you know, oh, yeah. so wow. so definitely worthwhile. Um, so anyway, that's vaccinations. Um, uh, microchips. Microchips. So now here in Australia, all animals should have a microchip before they are sent to their next, um, to, to their, to their owner. So all the, all the COVID puppies and kittens that everyone are getting should all be microchipped. Um, the way that a microchip works is that it's a tiny little sort of, you know, a big long grain grain of rice size little thing. It's got a little, little, little microchip in there, funnily enough. That's the, that's the, they didn't bury the lead on what it was, um, what it, why it's called a microchip. Um, and there's a little spring in there. And so our microchip readers send down a little signal that bounces back with a, with a number. So some people think that microchips have got the owner's 
address and phone yeah. number and GPS tracking. And yes, yeah, yeah, or you know, what they like to order from the fish and chip shop. Um, but no, all it is is just a 15-digit number. Well, so, I think you're talking about the microchips that they're going to put in the COVID vaccine they're going to give to everyone, mate. Isn't that right? Yeah, but we're going to get better 5G reception when they do it, Lewis. So that's going to be good. It's going to be worthwhile in the end anyway. Exactly. When we're all infected with the, the microchips they're going to implant in all of us, they will know what we like to order from the, take, from the Chinese takeaway. Yeah. Uh, uh, and speaking of ordering, uh, here uh, is yeah, Ruben. So Ruben's showing me him being attacked by giant pandas on oh, Minecraft. Minecraft. Fucking making them. There you go. So there you go, listeners. Ruben's making pandas on Minecraft. Excellent. So anyway, how microchips work is, um, so you've got to make sure that when you do get your COVID puppy or kitten, make sure you've updated the information because um, it may have previous owners. It may have the breeders things on there. Make sure you get a, uh, a transfer uh, of ownership uh, identification sheet, fill it out, get it sent and make sure you get confirmation that it is your details on there. Yeah, exactly. And if your puppies gets to six months and you're not sure, just ring up the central animal records and say, hey, you know, uh, what, what details you got under, under, under my microchip or, or uh, get the number from your vet and ring up and just see, check that it is in your name. It's the best time to do it rather than when, they're, uh, when they've gone missing. So, yes, so yes. definitely do it then. Uh, parasites. Everybody's yes. worried about parasites. And so they should be in puppies and kittens because much like kids, they are just little Petri dishes of disease. Worms. Worms is the big worms. one. Um, so I've actually got fleas at the top of my list, but I can swing worms up let's there. Do, let's do fleas. Fleas, let's we do can fleas. do fleas. Yeah, fleas. Um, so fleas. Do you need to treat for fleas? I think you might as well because I think having fleas in your house is really crap. Yeah. So, so definitely treat for fleas, particularly when you first bring your pet home. And especially now as we're coming into the warmer weather here in Australia and also for our Northern Hemisphere listeners, where they're probably going to be having their heaters on a little bit more, great environment for fleas to be living in the house. So yep. and treat can, for fleas. Yep, treat for fleas because they can carry the black plague. They can. Yes. The bubonic plague, the black death. Yes. Black death. Yes. Not, not trying to be alarmist at all. No. Or did go, you read about that in the Herald Sun as well? Maybe I, no, 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 what, no, 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 but a certain, uh, a certain vet who, uh, with the ear cut off and bleeding to death, I think he probably mentioned that fleas can cause black death. Wow. Perhaps if you're from the Yersinius pestis from the 18th century, that's probably true. Yes. Or whenever the Black Death was. England. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So anyone with the DeLorean, watch out. Um, so so yeah, fleas, um, and there's there's lots of different um products out there. There's a bazillion and a half different products. Um, you know, I'm not gonna go into different um different ones, mainly because none of them sponsor us. No, 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 no. I've got I've got my ones that I like to use, but I'm not gonna try and sort of throw any shade on what anyone else's but if you, talk to your vet about it. But if you are a marketing consultant for a large multinational big big flea farmer, big flea far, yeah, yeah, or any any lanyard that Robbie might be wearing at the moment. I've only uh, got it because so, there's a pen attached to it, so I can yeah. have that in my have that in my back pocket. It's COVID oh, safe plan. I hope you've declared that on your tax return, mate. A pen from the from the flea company. Whoa, big Whoa. from big flea. Yeah, big flea. If anyone big is with big are gonna come after me. If anyone is from big black death out there, big <laughs> flea. You can so, hit us up to vetstorepets at gmail.com. We we will we will uh we will uh, um, uh, objectively examine all flea treatments that people um, want to want to sponsor us and make sure we choose the best one. 
Um, but who, so, who so there's pays, not whoever pays the most. No, um, what gives what us would, the best pen with the nicest feel when you write. This is a very, this is a really big fat one too. And I'm not sure I'm a big fan of the fat no, pen. It's a, it's a like fat, fat four pen. pen. No. no. Yeah. No, a four color. No, not a fan. Well, I like the four color pen, but I'm just, it's just a bit fat for me. Yeah. But anyway, that's fine. It's like, it's, it's like just a big, I don't have, I don't have big sausage fingers, Lewis. I've got these tiny little, it's those, know, t- tiny little, you know, <laughs> semi man hands. It's those female hands. It's hard to hold the big pen, isn't it, mate? Those little hands. That's sweet. It's just, it's just mate, it makes the pen seem even bigger when I hold it with my little fingers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <And> anyway, <laughs> um, so so talk, but talk to your vet yes. about what about what sort of flea treatment because yes, you can go to a pet shop and you can talk to the um, to the people that have had three hours of training on and they're going to sell you whatever it is that they've got the best deal on. Yeah. Or actually go and talk to your vet about what is going to be the best treatment for what's going to work best for you. And so, don't don't use the flea stuff at the supermarket, please. It does not work. No Does not work, and be careful with anything with cats with permethrin, pyrethrin in it, which is often sold at pet shops. Yeah, that will make your kitty cat very sick. So do Kill not your use, pets. Do not use those ones. And if we do get sponsored with those guys, we won't be recommending it. Not at all. So no. don't send us an email. No. Um, worms. Now we're back to your worms. Worms. Um, so, worms. So. I've got a song. Yeah. Worms. 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 You can milk a cow. You can milk a pig. But you can't milk a worm because it's too big. Because your because your fingers are too big. Worms, worms, worms. Anyway, sorry, mate. There I'll you go. Love it, love it. It's you know, uh, I've, I've heard about that one on Spotify. It's Brian Nankervis. sing it. Brian Nankervis. I think I stole that from him. Was it? Yeah. Was Australian, Australian comedian. Yeah. Um. So so worms. Um. So what are worms? Worms are, are, are little bugs that live in in uh, dogs and cats' intestines. Um. Spread generally feco orally. So Ooh. so they pass out in the poo, and then the puppies eat the poo that have got, and the kittens eat the poo. But they can also get um tra- past what's called transplacentally or uh or you know trans mammary i guess in the milk in the mummy's so, milk yeah the mama's milk so um so in the mama cats and the mama dogs the worms get really active when they're in the late stages of pregnancy so the worms can get into the puppies and kittens so it's really important to worm your dogs and cats when they are younger because that is when they're going to be at the most risk of having problems from the worms so um Frequency of treatments. Um, I usually recommend uh, worming them every uh, uh, worming them every two weeks until they're twelve weeks of old age. Once a month till they're till they're uh, till they're three months. Six months. Six months, and then every three months after that. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's it. Two Perfect. weeks, one month, three months, and then you're good. Um, exactly. But talk to your vet about it because I think in different areas it might be different regimes. Certainly, we're not worldwide, even though the podcast is. Yeah. So, but again, talk to your vet. They're going to know what your dog's going to need. Heartworm. Um, heartworm. Is it a problem? Well, it is if your dog gets it. You know, it's pretty. It's pretty bad news. You know, very, very low risk of getting it, but catastrophic if they do get Certainly it. Certainly so, in Melbourne, it is. Yes. Yeah. There are other places like up around Queensland and uh, Northern Territory and things like that, and and places around in the states, heartworm everywhere. So, yeah. so you know, I would always recommend preventing it rather than trying to treat it. Because if your dog gets it, gee whiz, it's bad news. Unless you're in New Zealand. Don't think they have it in New Zealand because they don't have, they have mozzies. Don't know if they have mozzies. Anyway, talk know, to you about But they do have possums that have tuberculosis. So, you know, it's, it's not all, it's not all, you know, just Jacinta Ardern and, you know, and um, I don't know, other and, good things from New Zealand. And fur coats. And fur coats and all blacks. Fur, um, all blacks, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and, and lice and mites. 
right? They're not common, but they happen. And so the good thing is, is that these days, a lot of the good flea treatments will actually treat for lice and mites. Well, I had a puppy come in recently that was absolutely caked with, with lice. Wow. So, yeah, Don't see yeah, that very often. Not at all. So, um, so yeah, we've been trying to get those uh, under control. So, you know, yes, the, if there's something weird on your, on your animal's skin, again, and ringworm, ringworm's a possibility as well, particularly in kittens. So, you know, if your kitten's showing signs or your dog as well, signs of hair loss around the head might be worth a worm a ringworm not being a an in, a worm though it's not a parasite it is a fungal infection thanks but, for that clarification but given that i'm running out of time i'm not going to worry about talking about feeding now i'm going to do cover feeding next time because right, i don't want to take up any more of your time well, there's one more you're missing is ticks mate ticks, ticks. yes ticks. talk to your vet if you're in a tick area paralysis tick area particularly yes. north and new south wales up queensland down mm. Bairnsdale Way in Victoria, sort of East Gippsland area. If you're from those areas, paralysis tick is certainly something we're seeing a little bit more, or we are seeing in those areas. Um, so really important that um, that you ask, you know, or if you're traveling to those areas, that you prevent, uh, use a preventative that includes uh, tick as well, which are some fantastic products out there that um, apparently have really cut back on the number of tick paralysis dogs and cats that they're seeing up in Queensland these days, which is great. Yeah, I actually heard a um an interesting you know, just as a sidebar on that. I heard so so back in the um like up around Queensland, like you know they'd have so many paralysis tick cases that people had their had their own like you know serum labs where they would collect um you know serum to try and uh, make up the anti serum yep. to to try and treat these dogs when they got tick paralysis. But now they don't need, don't it, need it anymore. It? Because, which is, well, that's wonderful. It's, it's great good. news for the for the dogs. Bad news for the ticks and bad news for the vets that have got all that equipment that they're now using for you know Nutribullets. Well, it's a bit. It's all right. It's a bit like uh, a bit like when the taxis were around and and then Uber came out and uh oh disruption, disruption. Yes. But fantastic. Yes. So yeah. So certainly talk to your local vet if uh, it's probably the best thing to know. You know, one if if um, the flea products sometimes that you get some resistance to certain products in certain areas, uh, the vet will know about that. Um, and then also about the ticks and the heartworm and things that are relevant to your area. Good stuff, mate. That's me out. I'm done. Yeah. Excellent. Good chat. So if you've got any questions about, uh, about vaccinations or uh, worming or COVID puppy or kittens that you've got and you're wondering about something in particular, maybe it's behavior training, maybe it's training, maybe it's behavior problems, problem behaviors, maybe it's health. Let us know. Get us here up on two vets, top pets at gmail.com. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We are on TikTok. Although we've taken a short hiatus with, uh, actual serious issue that went on the um mm. on during the week so um i'm sure most people worldwide are aware of that um and also you can find us on patreon at two vets talk pets at uh search for that on patreon.com and you can support us all right that's a wrap for me mate wrap for me too i'm hey, out scratch you later peace out Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.